Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. There's never been a more important time for people to take charge of their financial situation than, than right now. And, and really to set themselves up for the longer term so they don't have to rely on anyone else. Hi, it's Caroline Stephen. Welcome to the Talking Trading Podcast. Charlie Tremendous Jones once said, you will be the same person you are today in five years' time, except for the people you meet and the books you read. Studies have shown that for people who start work at the age of 25, by the age of 65, only 4% will have achieved any sort of financial security. Matt Morrison is a financial advisor whose business partners with Jason Cunningham at The Practice. And Matt not only looks a little bit like Jason, he acts like Jason too. They are both advocates for financial literacy. And Matt has written a book called Freedom, lifestyle and legacy to give a blueprint and a step-by-step system to build financial freedom without the need to rely on advisors who maybe don't have your best interests at heart. I don't know if you relate to this story. Several years ago, I had an experience with financial dealers where I found it very difficult to obtain the clear information and the figures that I needed to make an informed decision. I'd probably call the experience an extremely opaque one. Well, Matt's on a mission to take any of the opaqueness out of the industry and provide crystal clear information. As Sir Francis Bacon said, knowledge is power. And we hear from Matt later in the show. If you are thinking about asking your boss for a pay rise, please make sure you listen to Louise Bedford in Mind Power today as she outlines exactly what you need to say. You might want to look at the show notes for this or make some of your own to keep all the information up your sleeve for the appropriate moment. We also hear Chris Tate on liquidity in the markets. Let's start with Louise Bedford now on how to ask your boss for a pay rise. Yes, there is a gender pay gap and I for one am sick of it. When we are trading, ladies, there is no gender pay gap because the market does not care. But let's just say you're working a job and you are looking to get a pay rise. Now, I'm going to give you some specific instructions, and this is for the guys as well to be aware of because we could all use a little bit extra in our pay packet if somebody is prepared to give that to us. So I want to tell you how to ask for a pay rise and give you some ideas about how the different genders ask for pay rises and what is counterproductive. 
Now, firstly, apparently when the guys go in to ask for a pay rise, they ask for a specific amount. Now, that's really important, ladies. We often say we want a pay rise because we have a child in private school. We link it to an emotional reason, whereas the guys don't. They don't link it to an emotional reason and they ask for a specific amount. Now, can I also say that you will need to negotiate down from that amount? So ask for 20% more than what you're thinking of asking. That gives you a little bit of scope to negotiate, but if they do grant you that full pay rise, hey, you've got a 20% higher amount than you were thinking of initially. Also, women use cooperative language. A man can say, I will give it my all, whereas a woman has to say, this will help me feel more valued so I can contribute more to the team. Now, I know this is unfortunately a gender seesaw here, that the men can say it's all up to me and this is what I deserve, whereas the women can say, do this for me and then I will give more to the team and I will feel more valued, so I will give it my all. It's sort of a roundabout way of saying the same thing, but women, we have to remember that we are valued for warmth and we are valued for cooperation. So in this particular event of asking for a pay rise, it's unlikely you're going to shift that power balance. Far better to go in for yourself and do what the stats say. Be warm and be cooperative. Be team focused when you're asking for a pay rise. Now, as opposed to the things that I hear bandied around, which is, well, women just don't ask for pay rises. That's why they don't get them. Actually, the studies say that women ask as often as men. Women are negotiating at the same rate, but often they're considered more pushy. So again, it's that word bossy that we come down to that we try to ban for our children because bossy is counterproductive. So rather than saying to a little girl, wow, you're being really bossy here, you should be saying something like, you're showing a lot of leadership potential, but you need to be careful how others are responding to that. So often we carry this through into adult life. Now, I think one of the other things that has helped with the ladies that I've counseled about this is if you're worried about asking and pushing yourself forward and leaning in ladies the idea is to tell yourself that the guy beside you wouldn't be thinking this that guy beside you wouldn't be thinking that at all he would go in for that pay rise he would link it to specific results he would cite exact examples specific results to say, this is why I deserve this pay rise. He would have been dressing the part, he would have been thinking the part, and he would have been acting the part well before he got into that little room to ask for the pay rise. So yes, I think you should be asking, and there is no doubt that those that ask do get more pay rises. So regardless of how you're feeling inside, whether you're quivering because it seems like a big leap or whether you're resentful because you feel you are owed more, you do need to ask and you do need to ask in the right way. So just to summarize, ask for a specific amount. Add 20% onto that amount 
so that you can negotiate down if needed. Ladies, use cooperative language. Whereas guys, you don't have to. You can say, I will, rather than the women have to contribute to a team. Also, I think that women need to remember that you have a right to be paid well. A lot of this comes back to the feeling unworthy aspect. And really, we have no reason to feel that. We're doing it to ourselves. So remember that the women as well around you will need support with this. So look out for somebody around you who is looking to do this for themselves and talk about these strategies and these techniques. And finally, tell yourself that the guy beside you wouldn't be worried about all of these aspects. He'd just be walking in that door confidently. So why shouldn't you? So I hope you found this segment interesting. This is based on the latest research about how to get a pay rise. And I do wish you the best with it because the more you can earn outside of trading will mean the more you can save to put towards your trading equity. And now it's time for a little trading with Chris Tate. And CT's question for today is... Why is liquidity in the markets important? You need to be able to leave. It's it's very, very easy to buy a position. But when it's all going wrong, it's very difficult to leave. And in markets that are illiquid, you need to engage in a form of savage competition as a seller with other sellers to get out. Highly liquid markets don't have that problem. They're frictionless in their transactions. Unfortunately, people treat trading as a treasure hunt so that they'll buy an instrument that nobody is trading and nobody's heard of and think that they've actually found like a little leprechaun, a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Then it all goes horribly wrong as if it couldn't go any worse and they find they can't get out because there's no buyers. Well, that's just the way the world works. If nobody else wants it, why do you want it? Hey, it's Chris Helder here, author of Cut the Noise. I just want to say talking trading is awesome. Mr. Matt Morrison from The Practice. Freedom, lifestyle, legacy. Matt, why did you write this book? Caroline, thank you so much for the opportunity. Look, I, I wrote this book because um, I really I really wanted everyone reading this book to really have a, a blueprint to set themselves up for the longer term. Um, but also, I, I've realized being a financial advisor over the last 16 years, I, I think there's there's never been a more important time for people to take charge of their financial situation than, than right now and, and really to set themselves up for the longer term so they don't have to rely on anyone else. So that's the essence of the book. And uh, we'll unpack some of the, the steps now. Okay, good. I just want people to get to know you just a little bit better. Now, a lot of people on yes. the show know Jason Cunningham from The Practice. Firstly, yeah. what's your role in The Practice? I know you look like Jason's brother, but for someone <laughs> for someone in a very sharp suit, for someone who doesn't know you, I know you're a top bloke, but why should people listen to you? Yeah, really good question. Look, Jason and I have worked together very, very closely over the last 11 years now. I'm a, I'm a partner here in the practice. I'm the financial planning partner, head up the financial planning team as part of our personal wealth advisory division. Uh, but we work very, very closely together. We've, we've worked with probably a couple of hundred clients who have come via the trading game over, over the last 11 years. 
Um, but also, you, you don't know this, Caroline, but Louise asked me to to, men, to uh, facilitate the financial planning conversation on the alumni forum uh, way back in 2012. Really? Um, so I was doing that for Louise for about six to eight months or so. Um, so yeah, definitely know the trading game and, and I've worked very, very closely with many, many clients over the years who have come via the trading game. Oh, we go way back. Now, there's someone else in Louise's life that you've worked with? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I've been uh, very fortunate enough to work very closely with Louise's sister over the years and really formulate a, a plan to, to set uh, Louise's sister up for the long term. It's been an absolute pleasure. So let's talk about key ideas that people will gain from reading your book. Well, you know, over the last 16 years, once again, I, I think if, if people are not in the financial position they want to be in right now, I think usually the one thing missing is a lack of a strategy or lack of a, a framework to really be able to make decisions. So I, I wanted this book to really provide readers of the book a, a system to either do it all by themselves, you know, whether they create their own strategy or, or reach out to other advice firms or ask for advice. I didn't want anyone to have to use an advisor. I wanted wanted readers of the book to have a system. Um, so my, my, my book really un, unpacks the seven steps to financial freedom system, as I call it. But really the, the key ideas is to get really, really clear on what people want to achieve. And more importantly, not only what, but why. And it, it's the why they want to achieve the various goals, which will really get them through the tough times. Uh, the, the second part is you know, knowing where they are now, being brutally honest with themselves. And then the third piece is really creating that step-by-step game plan to get from where they are now to where they want to be in the most appropriate manner for them. So what are the main problems you help your clients solve? Well, good question. Most clients reach out, reach out for that first meeting because they're, they're having some sort of a problem. Usually, it's they're, they're stuck and they're not making the financial progress they, they would like to. Typically, they've got a good earning capacity. Um, maybe they, they have kids and or a lot of clients uh, have kids and a, and a mortgage and are really just getting by right now. They, they feel like they could be creating so much more. So it's usually they, they feel stuck and they're not making the financial progress they would like to. Or maybe they're just starting out and, and not sure where or how to start on their wealth building journey. journey. And, and thirdly, uh, we, we get new clients come to us, they, they may be doing okay already, um, but they know deep down they, they could be doing far better, um, playing a far bigger financial game with just clear direction. But I, one thing uh, you would have read, Caroline, because I, I know that you've read the book, which is wonderful. <laughs> I did. I read it all last night. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for that. One thing you would have read in that, in that book, it's, it's not just about the long term. Uh, it's really important to enjoy the journey. So it's really the key ideas is a strategy to set people up for the longer term while having the, the freedom to enjoy the journey along the way. So in reading your book, what struck me mostly was your sincerity in that you really do wish people to have a good financial picture in the future. Thank you. Thank you. And look, I, I put my heart and soul into this book and you know, hopefully that came through with, with the book in the writing. You know, I didn't write this in one month. This, this wasn't a go away on a book retreat and do nothing else for four weeks. So I, I really thought about it and I did once again put my heart and soul, probably took about 1,200 hours invested in writing this book because I, I only intend to write one book, Caroline, and I wanted to do a, a very, very good job. The, the key part of that as well, as, as you would have read, every, uh, every part of the book and every part of the key steps to, to financial freedom came from 
my my experience and not my opinion. So I think too many people out there are actually give, especially in financial planning land, too many people are giving advice without actually taking their own advice. And I, I set myself a goal. I, I made myself a promise, not set myself a goal. I made myself a promise in the first year I became an advisor 16 years ago that I would never recommend that any clients do anything that I'm not first prepared to do myself. Yes. And I, I wanted that to come through very loud and clear in the, in the book and once again give people a framework to set themselves up for success. What key financial mistakes do you see a lot of people coming to you making? Look, there, there's a handful of, of key ones that I do see time and time again uh, that, that new clients come to us you know, through their, their past journey. Look, the biggest one, I must say, is really lack of clarity around what they want to achieve in the, in the first place and what long-term financial freedom or peace of mind actually looks like and means to them. So that's why I'm, I'm a huge believer in, in clients getting really clear first and foremost on what it is they want to achieve um, and then creating the, plan, the game plan to achieve that. The other one, look, I, I say 23 times a day, it all comes back to cash flow. You know, cash flow is like oxygen. If, if people have it, they don't think about it. But if they don't have it, they think about it all the time and nothing else is possible without it. So the, the biggest mistake I, I find most people make is they're not maximizing their earning capacity in the first place. And if even if they do have a good earning capacity, they might be spending everything that they earn. So studies have shown that, that about 91% of people spend everything that they earn. So part of what we do is help clients create cash flow, uh, whether it be to, to find ways to earn more income or reduce expenses or a combination of the two, but create cash flow. The, the, other, the other key ones, Caroline, is, is, is really making impulsive investment decisions, uh, but also taking on too much bad debt. And and um, you know, to to dig themselves a bit of a hole that takes a long time to to build them, them their way out of. The other two two big ones is not knowing how much is enough to to achieve financial freedom in the first place. So not knowing what level of assets or income that they need to build to achieve freedom, and and also trying to figure it out all by themselves. I, I think it's very very important to have guidance or or coaches in all areas of our life. Um, and too many people try to figure it out all by themselves and uh, don't make the progress they could. I really enjoyed the chapter on property. Very often, experts do not lay out the ins and outs, and it's very hard to find out, whereas you laid it all out. Yes, I I wanted, once again, I I wanted readers of the book to have a really valuable um, piece piece of information that they could really, once again, use and keep for the next 10 years and 20 years as they're building their, their financial freedom goals. But I also brought in the other experts. You know, I don't pretend to have all the answers. I'll never do that. And we work closely with with a number of very highly trusted buyers advocates. So as part of the property section on the book, I I interviewed two very, very highly trusted buyers advocates that we use. Um, And I even interviewed them like this. And I've I've created a whole other book book resources membership site that I have all those videos on. Why is now a particularly important time for people to be sure about their financial investing future? You say this in the book. I I think no one can rely on the government or on anybody else to really help them achieve their goals and and cover their cost of living in the future. Um, No, I I outlay this in the book, but very briefly, there's Know, the whole study done by the by the Australian Treasury. Quite frankly, you know, there won't be the people working to to support the age pension in the future. There there won't, in my humble opinion, in in 20 years time, there won't be an age pension. Or if if there is, it might be 
only for people who are down to their last dollar and forced to sell their house. So I, I think, you know, if it's to be, it, it's up to all of us individually to, to really take charge of our own financial situation because no one will be there to help us in the future. Formal education will make you a living. Self-education will make you a fortune. Jim Rohn, as quoted in your book, is that what you yes. provide? Yes, absolutely. Look, um, it's, it's about the it's about the self-education and, and helping clients become self-educated and, and having better better information to be able to make better decisions. Mm. Um, but also, I, I highly encourage clients to always be working on growing their earning capacity. So part of that is is really making themselves more valuable. There's a whole chapter on the book on how people can really make themselves more valuable, either either to their own business or to an employer and, and by, by default really add as much value to, to their customers and their clients' lives and as a result to grow their earning capacity. So Matt, final pieces of advice for people who are wanting to look into their financial future. Look, I, I think, Caroline, the, the most important thing is, is for, for people to have a strategy, uh, once again, to... To, to figure out a, a plan to achieve the longer-term goals. But it's really two, three things. Um, and once again, what I, what I call clarify your vision. So to really sit, devote some time and, and some effort to sit down and figure out, okay, what are your short, medium, and longer-term goals? Now, you actually and, have a vision board, don't you? Your beautiful wife made you get one. I do. I do. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Very I cool. looked at that this morning. It's on my bedroom wall. And my wife has her one. I, I've got my one. So it's not for everyone, I know, but uh, it certainly worked for me over the years. So it's really clarify your vision, short and, and medium and longer term goals, why it's important to you. Second step is to evaluate your current position, get really clear on your current position, treat your finances like a business, know your cash flow, know your assets and liabilities. Um, but then thirdly, once again, it's that strategy piece to develop a step-by-step game plan. To, to set yourself up for the longer term, enjoy the journey, but also avoid many of the mistakes along the way that, that other people make. Matt Morrison, where can people go to buy a copy of Freedom, Lifestyle and Legacy? Well, there's a dedicated book resources. So there's a dedicated book website set up and it's my name, matthewmorrison.com.au. And that's that's uh, where, where people can actually buy the book. So people can, can jump on that website and um, I guarantee that you actually get a heap of benefit from that book and I, I hope it really becomes a catalyst to set yourself up for success. Matt, me too. Thank you for your time and good luck with your book. Thank you so much, Caroline. Thanks for the opportunity. That is all for Talking Trading today. Stay tuned for next week because we hear from former investment banker of 20 years and trading coach Stephen Goldstein from the Alpha Mind podcast. He's very popular. You'll love him. I'm Caroline Stephen. Happy trading. As always, if you like this show, please be sure to tell a friend. This is super important because word of mouth is the most powerful way that people can get in touch with us. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcast and make sure you give us a big fat five-star review because it helps people find us. You'll also notice that Talking Trading doesn't use sponsors and barely advertisers. This is because Chris Tate and Louise Bedford fund this show from tradinggame.com.au. If you'd like to get Louise's five-part free e-course, register at tradinggame.com.au. So until next week... Happy trading. 
The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regards to your own situation.